Hey gals, we are back with another episode of Gals in the Wild. Um, this week we have Marie Vanderpool on our episode and she's going to talk a little bit about being an adventure elopement photographer as well as living van life with her husband and her little pug dog. So I'm super excited to get into this episode and let her tell you about her life, kind of the stuff that went on to, that made her um, proceed down this path um, and she is now happier than ever and I hope that you guys will get some benefit out of it. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and get into the podcast and we will see you on the other side. Hey guys, we are back with another episode of Gals in the Well podcast and today I have Marie Vanderpool with us. She is a travel photographer living van life and I am super excited for her to tell uh, us about her story and all of that. So I'm not going to waste any more time. Marie, let's talk about uh, the story behind you doing all of this crazy cool stuff you get to do every day. And I guess kind of introduce yourself. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, for In regards to my story, I would say that I grew up kind of living a very traditional life. Um, I grew up with parents that both my mom was a teacher and my dad was an attorney. So there wasn't a whole lot of, I guess, there wasn't a whole lot of dream chasing or anything in that I grew up with, um, with the two parents that I had. But I, I say, I would say growing up, I really enjoyed spending all of my time outside. I was always constantly pretending I was Pocahontas of all uh, people, and I just loved to be outside. But I, once I started to get into high school, um, things started to kind of change for me. My mom was actually diagnosed with cancer, stage four cancer, and I would say that's kind of when this whole, I would say, wake-up call kind of for me started to happen in regards to what kind of life I want. And it started with my mom. Unfortunately, she did pass. And then my, there was a bit of, I guess, a bit of drama between my dad and I. And we actually stopped talking for a few years. And during that point, I kind of got to I would say like a rock bottom almost where it was, I really felt lost and sad. And I got to a point where I really just, I started to question everything going on in my life. And from there, I feel like I, for multiple years, it was really me searching for what it is that I want out of life and kind of exploring different avenues and exploring curiosities that I had. And it kind of led me to this path that I am on now where I am an adventure wedding photographer, which is all I can say is that that is my dream job. I kind of backpedaling a little bit, but I also did portrait photography in Omaha, Nebraska. And I would say it got to a point where I was truly confused about if even portrait photography was what I wanted because I also enjoyed landscape photography, but I really enjoyed working with people. 
And for me, that was finding out that adventure photography was a thing was monumental for me because I didn't even realize that being from Omaha, Nebraska, of all places. And so when, sorry, I'm, I have a little bit of a cold. So if I sound a little, (laughs) (laughs) but it sounds um, fine on this end. So you're good. Okay. Okay. Perfect. And so, but anyway, as I started to dive into that, it really felt kind of, I guess, perfect for me. And ever since it's been about almost a year since I decided to rebrand my business completely to focus and specialize on adventure wedding photography. And just this past August, I started living on the road full time as well. Yeah, that's awesome. I, um, we actually, if you guys have been listening, I did a podcast with Anastasia Allison and Marie and Anastasia are friends. And I saw that Marie posted something in uh, Girls Love Travel, which is a Facebook group that I'm in, about her story. And I just had to reach out to her. So um, I thought that it, she would make a great addition to this podcast because she has a really um, deep story that kind of pushed her to this, I think. So I think for everybody that's listening, we kind of know like what inspired you to do all this stuff. But like, what was the way that you kind of took the leap? Like, how did you know that you wanted to do you know, full-time traveling and photography? Like, what was kind of your, like, first step, I guess? Yeah, um, I mean, being from Omaha, Nebraska, I have to say that it was really, I really got into a mindset where I felt like this wasn't possible for me, and so really the first thing for me was kind of almost changing that uh, narrative that I held within myself that I wasn't worthy of something like that, and really focusing on what I desired. So having a business where I'm able to be on the road full time and also be able to create experiences for my clients in terms of wedding, adventure weddings and elopements. So for me, I kind of just started, I was still in my cubicle job in Omaha and I just started to focus and do a lot of research. So I did a lot of research on like one particular area I really wanted to focus on is the basically the greater Seattle area Um, because I I, originally my plan was to not live on the road full-time it was actually just to move over to the Seattle area because I really had a strong I guess love for this area it's just beautiful it's it has mountains it has water it's basically an adventurous paradise for me and so that was my original plan. So I started uh, focusing and building up my website to focus on adventure weddings. So I started also planning shoots with, uh, I actually planned a shoot with Anastasia. Um, and she was a part of that. And cause she plays her violin on top of mountains for elopements. <laughs> so that was really fun. But uh, so we, I was kind of just focused on building up my portfolio. And then after a while, things started to, I guess, gain momentum. Um, It took a few months to get that, and I didn't actually accept any traditional weddings of any sort. So I was still working, and I just started to focus on just that one area of photography. And when I did that, it just kind of, for me, 
it was almost like the way I can describe it is it just felt extremely right and it felt like this is exactly what I need to be doing I, I felt the immense amount of clarity so taking that step and then it was in June I decided I was just going to give my job uh, a deadline as to when I was leaving because I was getting to a point where I just felt really unfulfilled and I remember actually feeling bad for everyone that I was working with because I felt like I just was completely checked out I wasn't focused I wasn't contributing as a team member like I should have been and so I felt like it was just time for me to just give myself a deadline so then I can still be a valuable member but there's that light at the end of the tunnel and I honestly didn't have I would say a clear plan as to what I was going to do. Originally, my husband was going to stay behind in Omaha, and I was going to travel on the road full time. Um, but then he decided he wanted to come with. So it was in July. And I went to a dealership in Iowa, near Des Moines, Iowa. And I found this ProMaster 2500 that was basically $10,000 less than what you would find anywhere else because no one in Farmville, Iowa wants a cargo truck <laughs> or a cargo van. So everyone wants pickup trucks. So it had been on the lot since April and it only had 20,000 miles on it. Oh, wow. And so I was like, I, yeah, so I was like, I need to, I kind of just went and looked at it. It came out clear mechanically and everything it was just basically it had been sitting there for so long that they just wanted it off the lot and so I basically bought it drove it home traded in my Toyota Corolla for it and it like ever since then my husband and I spent about two weeks building it out which I do not recommend anyone do because <laughs> that is not enough time to build out a van but we basically hit the road and we had all of the wood floors put in as wood floor. And then in the back in the storage area, we had rubber. And then we had a platform for our bed. But basically nothing else had been done. Like the insulation, everything was done. Walls were up. It was very bare bones completed. So when we hit the road, it was kind of chaotic where every time we would hit the brakes, like everything would go sliding Sorry. forward. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean at first that was a little bit of chaos but now I look back and it's kind of funny that that happened I'm happy nothing serious happened like we got in an accident because I don't know how that would have turned out but it was just it I don't know it's just a part of the story and we're still kind of building it out but everything's set in place like we have strap downs and everything so nothing goes moving anymore luckily but I mean that's kind of what I would say like I just took that leap it almost was a leap of faith but I really am happy that I did that and I think that was the best route for me um we had finances in order so it wasn't like extremely scary but it, it was a little terrifying at first I think that's how it always is I know that when we always like take leaps and stuff I'm usually not the person that has like everything together where I'm like oh yeah let's have a million dollars in the bank account when we decide <laughs> to do all this like that's I I should be better about that but um I kind of did that with like where we're at right now but um I was happy that I did it because now it's like opened up all these opportunities and I like how you said mm -hmm. that 
when you were at your last job, you just felt like you weren't, you felt bad for everybody around you. Cause that's kind of how I felt too. When I worked at my last yeah. job, I was like, I just don't, I'm not the best person that I could be working here. So, yeah. Uh, and I think that's, people often say that that's lack of motivation or being lazy or something. But for me, I'm just, it, it doesn't work well when you're not happy or fulfilled or motivated. Yeah. So, no, yeah. I think it's good to be self aware of that. So then you're not spending years of your life somewhere that you're not happy or fulfilled at. That's what I think. Yeah. And I feel like everybody, I mean, especially like older people, everybody's like, it's fine. Just stick with it. I'm like, no, because I'm going to grow old eventually. And I'd rather do all of the the things when I, you know, be upset about something when I'm older and can't do all of these things. So I think that's, I I love that you just did it. I know a lot of people are always just like, I'm so scared and I don't want to do it. (laughs) And I feel like that's the part you kind of have to really work on Mm because I'm hopefully going to get on the road full time here starting in January. So, yeah, (laughs) but I have a, I have an Airstream trailer. And so everybody thought I was a crazy person. And I was like, I I told my mom about it years and years ago that I wanted it. So it wasn't a shock to her, but everybody else in my family thinks that it's just, you shouldn't be doing that. You're too young. You should be getting that 401k. Um, But I think that just going and doing something that you are fulfilled with is much better than a 401k because you don't know if you're going to make it to that 401k day, (laughs) you know? Yeah, no, exactly. I think in general, I think a lot of times we have been, I think everyone does it from a place of love, but we've been trained in a way where we think that there's only one way to live life or even have money to retire because if you think about it there's so many different areas of investment that would be able to sustain you depending on like even if you're 40 years old like you're not doomed if that's the (laughs) time that you start there's so many different ways that you can sustain a life in the way that you want and I think that's I think everybody at this age and people are like starting to modernize this more um, I guess this mentality where people are more able and willing to leave things behind. Um, I know everybody's more like minimalist and wanting to hit the road and do all this stuff. But I think because all this technology has allowed us to see everything, like, I mean, you're on Instagram, you can see a photo from, you know, backwoods forest area in Uganda. And then also you can see somebody that's living, you know, their life on the road. And I think that's mm-hmm. kind of been, I guess that's where we're starting to realize that there's not just one set way of life because people that are older than us, they tend to think like, oh, well, people that came before us lived in a log cabin. (laughs) So, you know, like, it's not like everybody, um, nobody really knew what anybody else was doing, but now everybody knows what you're doing. Uh Um, So there's all these options for different lifestyles. I think that's really cool. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's it's been, it's been fun. Well, that's awesome. So I know that you said it's been fun, but now we're going to ask you what has been the hardest part of of you hitting the road. (laughs) Um, I mean, at first, I would say it was really, really hard to kind of adjust to living a normal lifestyle to living almost a bare bones lifestyle. And I would say the biggest thing for me is we've had to really learn to be intentional with our time. And so we can't just wake up and decide, oh, we want to go on an adventure. It's kind of like you have, I I would say we don't have all of our time planned out, but we have to have an idea, like, do we need 
um, this, do we need food? Do we need to do laundry? It's stuff like that, that we really need to make sure that we have that all planned out and stuff like showers, since we don't have one. And then also like today, we're like, we're trying to find a place that we can just park and kind of uh, like right now we can oversee uh, a bay here in Bellingham, Washington. And it's trying to find spots like that that's also accessible to bathrooms and stuff like that. So I would say that's the biggest thing is really trying to be intentional with your planning and time. And then also our dog. I would say having our dog is probably, he is absolutely loved in every way. So we love having him here. But having him has been difficult in the sense that he, a lot of places like national parks, he's not allowed on most of the trails that we would actually want to go on. <laughs> like uh, we went to Yosemite and he was allowed on like kind of most of the trails off of the valley, but they weren't, I guess, challenging. And then also the falls weren't running at the time that we had gone. So we actually had to try and find a dog sitter for him. So it's kind of stuff like that is planning do we want to go on any trails that pug is, we call him pug his name's ollie though but we if there's any trails that he's not allowed on we also need to plan for a way for him to either be able to stay in the van and not have it be hot which in places like yosemite where it's sunny all the time it's a little bit more difficult to leave him in the van for longer than a few minutes like five minutes tops but other than that if we it's just planning around him too as well so I would say that's the most difficult thing is just being really intentional with your time and really slowing down and realizing that not all of the luxuries of a normal lifestyle at our fingertips but still finding a way to adapt to that as well I think that's a really good thing that a lot of people don't realize. I know that I went on a I went on a three week trip in September and I just took the truck with me and I brought my dog Rory. But literally, I was up and down like moving so often, like driving because I drove from Arizona to Louisiana and it was mm-hmm. one of those moments where I realized like, oh, if I'm gonna bring the trailer with me places, I'm gonna have to be in a place for a little longer than two days. Because when it it comes to, like, setting up and then packing up (laughs) all that stuff and, like, getting it all set up, I just – and stuff like that, you don't ever think about it because, you know, when you're at home, you're like, oh, that's fine. I can run home and I can leave the dog and I can go hiking real quick and then I'll come back. And it's, like, it's not like that when you're on the road. And I learned Mm -hmm. that without even bringing my trailer with me that time. (laughs) But I think being intentional with your time is something that we're not – used to it's definitely a luxury that you have that we have as humans that live in regular houses that when you hit the road it's I think I feel like it would be very uncomfortable for most people but I think for people like us that like have this kind of mentality it's like where you accept that but it still is rewarding I think because I'm all about the views and the the hiking and the seeing new things so I know some people are just happy sitting at home on the couch and hiking whatever's closest to them but Mm -hmm. I think it's really um, important to remember that if you want to hit the road make sure you know (laughs) be planners I know I am to an extent but I feel like sometimes I'm not planning enough Um, yeah I mean like I I think with us too it's been there's some areas like here in Bellingham um, Washington it's a little bit further north it's 
uh, close to the Canadian border. I don't know if you've heard of the town, but um, we kind of just decided to visit here because uh, I really like the small town feel, and there's a bunch of really pretty state parks, and all of them have showers that are accessible, stuff like that. So I think at first it was super overwhelming in Washington in particular because I was still trying to stay connected to cell towers in all of the national parks, it, I would say the majority of them, you really have limited cell at, cell service compared to other national parks that I've been to. I don't, I think they just don't have the towers, which it's a beautiful thing. But at the same time, for someone living on the road, it's it's especially here. I've had to learn to be really. You have to be a planner. So if you want to do work that day, you have to set aside time to either completely go off. Uh, grid or you have to completely decide as to where you're parking that's within like a cell service so you can still do work and stuff like that yeah and I know this is completely it's not off topic but I didn't write it down what do you do for like if if you have to do work someday and you're not having a great wi-fi signal do you have something for that I'm in I'm in the market looking for stuff like (laughs) this so maybe you have an answer for me that I haven't found yet well, I know we kind of, uh, we have, I forgot, it's some sort of mobile hotspot, and it has more, has a stronger antenna than our cell phones mm-hmm. um, through AT&T, and we just, I think it's like $30 a month, which isn't bad at all, and uh, that's what we have, which I know my husband was talking about putting an antenna on the van. And that helps with the signal, but we haven't tested it out to know as to whether or not if it would work with a lot of tree coverage. And it's supposed to extend it from, I think, 50 miles to 150 miles. So that's a pretty big difference. And if, uh, I mean, right now we're kind of still figuring out it since it's getting winter and the higher elevations with their snow we've kind of just been staying near the foothill. So we haven't had any issues with cell service. Um, But I mean, I don't know all the answers in that regard. We've kind of just been figuring it out. But uh, I know Verizon, we both have different cell phone plans. So if we need to, uh, like we can use a hotspot. If our hotspot isn't working with AT&T, I have Verizon. My husband has AT&T. So if I have coverage, I can use that as a hotspot. And then if he doesn't have, or yeah, I don't have coverage and AT&T Towers has coverage, we can use the hotspot that we have. So Yeah, that's awesome. And I was thinking about, because I have AT&T right now and my mm-hmm. hotspot, I use it all the time, but it doesn't yeah. always work so well in some places. So I think I was, I was looking at getting a Verizon one. So I didn't mm-hmm. know, I mean, everybody talks about Verizon all the time. They say they have really great coverage. Um, yeah. so I'm hoping that that, that works out for me, but that was just a random off the, off the cuff oh. question. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I wish I had all that figured out. We're still kind of in the process. If we want to get the antenna and put it onto the van, we haven't actually done that yet, but that's something we've been contemplating for sure. Yeah. You'll have to let me know how that goes. Cause I know that yeah. there's, I can't, it's called we boost. Maybe people I'm in an Airstream. Mm-hmm. Facebook group I'm in so many Facebook groups you guys um yeah. <laughs> but they suppose and that's the thing I looked at it and it was like $700 and I was oh, not wow. about to spend $700 and figure out that it doesn't help me out on the road so I'm gonna try a hot spot first before we do that so yeah uh, no and I've I've I don't I think I heard about that and I know uh my husband he's 
into techie stuff. And so he said that he could get an antenna for $75. And I'll let you know, yeah, for sure, if that works out for us. Yeah, we'll have to keep in touch about that because $70 to $700, that's a big, I was like, this better be like the best internet boosting thing (laughs) in the world because, wow. Um, So where are some of your favorite places to go in the van? I know that you guys said that you obviously are looking for places with bathrooms and showers and stuff. Mm Um, but like what what has been some of your favorite places that you've been um the favorite places that I would say when usually I love all the places in the north cascades and I love exploring all those regions but unfortunately it's not as accessible to stay connected to cell coverage but I pretty much there's so many options and so many hikes out here that it's it's almost overwhelming, but I kind of get excited about it, about how many places that I still have yet to explore. But um, I really enjoy, I would say, the Pacific Northwest. Um, we really enjoy kind of, I, I really loved the Oregon coast. It's so diverse. Um, and it was just kind of nice to be able to open up the van door and be able to hear the crashing waves and if we wanted to go down to the beach, which we have, we've been able to just like take our dog down there and hang out on the beach for a bit. And so I would say the majority of the time if we're stopping to work someplace, um, stay connected to the world, I would say along the coast or near some sort of body of water is usually where you'll find us. <laughs> like right now we're uh, yeah, in a bay in Bellingham. And it's just nice to be able to have a nice view. And like when I need a break, I can just get out of the van and just hang out by the water. And there, like you can see the Canadian mountains uh, across the way. So it's just, I, I would say any place with a view is generally where I like to be. And if it's connected to cell towers, that makes it perfect for a working day. Um, but otherwise, I love exploring and hiking in the North Cascades most. I haven't been over there, but I see photos all the time. I was thinking about us taking, like, a trip, like, a big road trip all the way up to Alaska from Arizona, oh, like, yeah. this summer, which would take us, you know, forever compared to you guys. <laughs> we have to go, like, 55 miles an hour all the way up there, but yeah. <laughs> but I was thinking about it because I have so much – I haven't – I went to Seattle once, and I absolutely loved it, and I haven't been back. and I've been wanting to go back in the summer, so I'm hoping that we can make it back. Oh, yeah, you should come summer. out here. Yeah. And so. I can show you all my favorite places. It, yeah, it's a, it's it's beautiful. I love it here. I say I was I was obsessed with it. I I went like what was that two years ago in October, and I was freezing one because I didn't know that it was gonna be. I don't. I just I'm a I'm a warm feather person. I literally <laughs> cannot. I'm like it's sixty degrees. Got to put a sweater on. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I need to get some more clothes to go up in that direction. But I'm hoping yeah. that I can can make it happen because I know that I love being like where you can see the sunset I like being Mm -hmm. able because my airstream has big windows on the front and you know Uh, I just want to be able to just like open the curtains and it'd be nice right now it's sitting out in the driveway and the only view is to this truck that's out there so (laughs) I'm like cool Um, it'll get there it'll get there um but yeah so no I I really like that I feel like most people talk about going to the Pacific Northwest for traveling and all of that, but nobody like 
especially during this time of year, I feel like it's getting colder. So most people are like coming down this way, you know? And Mm -hmm. so I'm excited to, I I can't wait to like hear, this is your, this will be your first like winter there, right? Yeah. And it hasn't been too bad. Like for the most part, it gets a little chilly in the evenings but we we actually found out that our inverter can handle a heated blanket and we've been using that as a way to stay warm during (laughs) night and it it works perfectly yeah I have a little oil uh heater that I use Mm -hmm. because I have I don't we don't probably need to get into the technical stuff you and I can probably talk about it later but it's it's difficult you you guys to plug in to have like everything plugged in you just you can't do it (laughs) so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's a whole nother thing we'll save for another episode yeah. yeah um so do you think that you would have made this leap in your life do you think that you would have done all of this stuff if everything hadn't happened previously like in you know with your mom and your dad and all that uh, I really don't think I I mean I don't know I can't answer that but for I just remember I'm honestly in a way, I wouldn't say, like, I would love for my mom to still be here, and I wish that that hadn't happened with my dad, but at the same time, I feel like I learned so much about life and myself in that time, because I don't know if I would have ever stopped and just really went deep into who I am and what I want out of life, unless if that had happened. I just, I think everything in my life would have been on a surface level instead of actually asking myself, what would, how would I feel fulfilled? How would I feel inspired every day with what I'm doing? And for me, I I can't, I don't think I would change it for the world for how it happened, but I don't know as to whether or not if I would have ever gone down this road, unless if I had experienced all of that. I like how you said something about surface level. Like, I feel like we all have, you know, issues in our life, like problems come up, you know, we lose people, all of these tragedies, I guess, in our lives. And I know some people let it hold them back, but I think there are the few people that actually take something out of it and move forward with it. And I think that's really what makes your story so inspirational is because you you know, you had all of these things happen to you and sure they weren't great, but it also allowed you to, to come out with your best life, I think. And I know people, I don't know, it's hard, it's hard losing people because I've lost people before. And I know it's always different for everybody, but I know that sometimes you have to go through all this stuff in order to, in order to figure out what you truly want and to live on Mm -hmm. that surface level all the time. I can't imagine being like that anymore. (laughs) Oh, I know. You know, it's so, it's so interesting to think about like who you would have been if all that stuff hadn't happened and I think for the most part people do live on a surface level they're not willing sometimes it hurts to dig deep and really realize like what kind of person you are and what you want because it is so different and I think that was something that held me back for years was because I didn't want to be different I didn't want to make a huge wave and I didn't want it to be like a big deal but when you think about it you don't have a second chance at doing that (laughs) you know so you have to be yourself and and dig deep so I think that was I like how you said that surface level that was really cool well thanks (laughs) (laughs) so for people that want to live van life um how can they kind of set their expectations appropriately because I know on Instagram everything is like girls wanting around shirtless and there's (laughs) mountains and 
you know, canyons and all these great views and you're like, okay, but seriously, what do you do when you're not, <laughs> what are you, what yeah. do you do when you're not doing that? I guess. Yeah. I mean, I would say for the most part, I, for anyone, I know when I hit the road, I was super excited about constantly like exploring new places that I hadn't been to. And I would say the biggest thing, especially if you're new to being to the lifestyle is to kind of one, I wouldn't build out your van completely based on one particular way. Like, I think the one thing that I like about the fact that we almost had a bare bones van when we hit the road is we kind of have been able to make adjustments to it, being like, hey, we don't use this, or I don't know why we did this. Like, we can kind of just, like, scrap it out and redo it. Um, whereas if you have it completely redone I would say almost you don't have to all have the van completely done um kind of live in it a little bit and see how you use it like for us we don't have an actual stove top in our kitchen um because we like to be able to have the option to take our camper stove outside and cook out there so it's it's been kind of nice we just have a little tote that we just bring up front or we we're planning on putting a bench but anyway we just bring it up front or we bring it outside if we want to cook and just see how you actually use the van because otherwise like you have to be so intentional with your space that you don't want it to take away from uh something that you would want so if you're someone who likes to would want to have people over like maybe you don't even need a kitchen like you could put a couch or there's ways that you can make a countertop even I don't there's so many different ways that you can do it and I think the biggest thing is just to not get caught up in wanting to constantly be going because there's a little bit of beauty to kind of taking in everything and then also really I guess taking the time to understand how you would want to actually use your space. I think that's definitely, I have some friends when I think about this, when you started saying all this, that um, they bought a van from somebody else and they lived in it for a while and they absolutely were like, we have to get a new van. We have to build it differently. And so they had spent all that money. Sorry. I just like flung my headphones everywhere. They spent, (laughs) they spent all that money on the first van. And then they literally like, I think three or four months later bought another one and like had somebody completely rebuild it. And I'm sure they didn't lose money on it, but I'm also like, uh, if you could have just like lived in something, like bought the first van and like lived in it for a while, it probably would have been better. Um, Mm Because I think everybody lives in things differently. Obviously, like with my trailer, I like ripped everything out of it. Like there was, when I got, when I bought it, it was already like pretty much furnished, but because I knew Mm -hmm. that I was going to use things differently, um, we did that. And there's still some stuff that we did to it that I'm like, man, I wish you wouldn't have done that (laughs) (laughs) because I just, it just, you have to figure out like how you want to live and everybody does that differently. So I'm glad that you said that because one, I wouldn't have thought about saying that, but two, I know I've, I've heard from other people that have done it. They're also like, this was not what we wanted. (laughs) So Uh, I'm glad that you said that. Yeah. So you, you said something about your dog, Ollie, and he's so mm-hmm. cute. Um, but I read your post about him on your Facebook about him, like, accidentally honking at people because when they get close to the van and your husband's not there, he, like, leans on the horn or whatever. And I thought that was so funny. 
So I was going to see what are some of his other quirks or some things that you kind of have to do when you're living van life and you travel with a dog. You kind of talked about it a little bit, but I figured you may have had some more stories. (laughs) Yeah, uh, he, I mean, he is definitely a character. Um, We're really working with him because I know he, with the honking at people, it's so hard to even get mad at mad at him because it's so funny and people start laughing when they realize that a like a pug is honking the, the horn at them like we've had people like honk back at him and stuff that like it's it's really a fun thing but he like we he's very like right now he's cuddling in between my legs he is very attached and I would say it's hard for us to even like leave the van even temporarily we when we lived in our apartment, we got him over separation anxiety by giving him a treat every time we left, and so he would be a little sad when we leave. But it's almost it's a very dramatic thing when we leave right now. Like he's like scratching at the windows, and so we're trying to. It's almost like we have to retrain him to kind of get used to how this new lifestyle works. Like, we're going to have to leave, so, like, if you need to go to the bathroom or shower and things like that. And I think the fact that we're with him all the time almost kind of makes that whole, or like, us leaving very traumatic or something for him. And so it, it we have to retrain him and stuff like that. But he he's honestly, he's been one of the greatest things about this lifestyle is just having him here because it's so fun to watch him explore new places and run around on the beach and stuff like that and I just it he's he's seriously though he is a huge character he I think sometimes he plays fetch with us where he'll drop his toys off of the bed onto the ground and since it's so high (laughs) and he can't get it that I think he thinks it's fun for us to pick it up and put it on the bed because we've caught him multiple times like pushing it off and then <laughs> there and whine for us to get it. <laughs> I don't know. He he's super funny and but yeah, he's been a little bit of a it's been a little bit of a challenge I think for him to adjust, but I still think he enjoys that we're with him all the time now. Yeah, I've noticed that with Rory because I like started working from home when I moved to Arizona and Rory has mm-hmm. she's always been attached at the hip to me, which is great and I love it. But like you I'll go out for like maybe 30, 45 minutes to grab something from the store and come back and she's losing it. Like she's just so excited. Like you would think that I was like the Pope coming home or something. <laughs> like it was it was it's always really funny and I always and she gets so worked up and I'm like you have to contain it because when we're in the trailer and we're on the road there's like stuff's gonna go flying everywhere but I'm surprised that she has done and I feel like she'll be okay but I know that with separation anxiety and dogs it's it's hard sometimes because you feel so bad when you're with them all the time and you're like oh my gosh I should just bring the dog with me I know the dog's not allowed but we should just do it you know like (laughs) And so it gets hard. I feel like I have separation anxiety. Like sometimes I'll be somewhere and I'm like, man, I miss Rory. Like I'm just like, (laughs) it's like I was gone for 30 minutes. My mom's like, you need to, you need to figure this out. This is not, this is not healthy for either one of y'all. So now I totally get that separation anxiety, but I think he's funny because Rory's like not funny like that. She literally will just like sit and like watch me out the window and make me feel bad. So um, I think that it's funny that he like honks at people. I think that was that was like one of the funniest things I read that day. I was like, wow, that's 
That's good. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it honestly, it's gotten to a point where <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know if I should like tell him no or anything because it just it makes me laugh and it seems I don't think I've had anyone that hasn't started laughing at first like people look super like appalled that someone honked (laughs) and then they look and they're like just you just see the face go from yeah (laughs) yeah it's funny that's hilarious um so, so what do you think is the best part of being a photographer that gets to travel around I mean I think the biggest thing as to why I really enjoy what I do is it's so much fun really giving my clients almost a new experience. And a lot of times, most of my clients haven't been to a lot of the destinations that they choose to elope at or have their intimate wedding. And it's so much fun for me to be able to kind of create this whole experience that's not revolved around details that they don't really care about so like napkins and linens and really focusing on what they actually want their day to be about so my clients are they prioritize adventure so giving them a new experience and I think it's super fun for me to think about the fact that people might make adventure a part of their wedding anniversary every year because they also implemented that in as a part of how they started their entire marriage and whether that means going back to the same place that they uh, said their vows or going someplace new and I don't know for me that's super exciting and I love truly creating an experience for each of my clients and I've done like backpacking elopements and stuff like that and that's so much fun for me to be able to do. And it's so different. I know I have some photographer friends that do kind of just like your average, you know, wedding photography or people that do like family portraits and like, I just love Mm -hmm. my clients so much. And I'm like, but you go to the same places like every time, you know, like they go to the same place with the tall grass and the trees and all that. But I, I always thought if I wanted, I was going to do something like that. I want it to be new every time. And I think that's probably something that I would enjoy at some point, but I'm not, I usually do photo shoots with animals, so it's really difficult yeah. for me to um, direct human beings at this point. It's oh. really, <laughs> I try to get my friend to help me, like, with posing stuff when I was in New Orleans, and I was like, okay, just do that, and he was, he was like, what? Just, I was like, okay, I don't have, like, you don't do, like, the whole, here's a treat, just sit still thing, like, <laughs> you know what well, I'm saying? So yeah. it's different, but I think that that's a really cool thing that you get to do is to be able to have that experience in all those different places. Yeah, it's it's truly, it, it's my dream, and I love being able to help my clients, I guess, wedding dreams come true as well. So it, it's really a fulfilling experience for me. And it should be. That's what the best yeah. part, you know, when your job yeah. is fulfilling, that's the best part. I know people yeah. are like, why? A job is a job. I'm like, no, a job is not just a job. I like, if you're going to work, because you're going to work for a long time, it better be at least decently interesting. So. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. I, I think it's yeah enthusiasm is what I don't know I, I think enthusiasm is key and being able to have that is, is is the way that you can feel fulfilled is when you're able to enthusiastically help people or solve a problem for them so yeah I it's I agree yeah 
Yeah, and I know that it just comes down to the point, like, I know I'm, I'm a business major, so I always think about all the people that tell me, like, customer service is key, you know, and I'm like, okay, but you're not, like, your best customer service person when you're doing something you don't want to do, so we yeah. won't get off on that tangent, but I think that that was, like, you know, that's, a, that's the whole point, do the things that is, you know, that feels good to you, and it'll feel good to other people. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I know many people are going to ask me this after I post this. So I was just going to ask anyways, <laughs> how yeah. did you get started with photography and traveling? Like, did you take classes? Did you do anything in particular? So if people are trying to go out there and do all this. Yeah. You know. um, I mean, I started out really doing photography part time back. I got my first can- like DSLR camera in you know, January of 2014. And so I just started shooting, like, I just started shooting random things, and then people just started to, it seems like this always happens for everyone, but everyone just started to reach out to me and ask if I could take their family photos, and things like that. I I think my first customer paid me in wine, so (laughs) since yeah since then, I, I of course, uh, raised the bar with that, but um, (laughs) now it's 12 bottles no I'm just kidding (laughs) but but no I mean I started out doing that and I really I really enjoyed working with people and I just remember I actually for a while there I I kind of just I just remember I was working my full-time cubicle job and everyone at my job there was super supportive of everything and so I started to actually start traveling more and I really enjoyed traveling and I also enjoyed taking photos of landscapes or architecture but I don't know it just always felt like I guess something was missing and I think the biggest thing for me is uh, just like everything that has I guess happened in my life like I just remember watching after my mom had passed watching my dad kind of grieve and go through this process and just looking over photos of him and my mom and their entire relationship And witnessing that, it kind of makes this, what I'm doing with capturing weddings and capturing this moment, this special monumental moment in people's lives. Like, I feel like I'm giving them a gift in a way, and I'm giving them, like, a piece of my heart because I'm able to give them something that years down the road, no matter what happens, like, whether it's a really hard time, like, that's something that they can use to heal and kind of process everything that has happened in their life, whether they lose someone um, physically or emotionally, something like that. Like that would, I feel like photos are so powerful. And so kind of merging my love of travel and also photography and being able to capture special moments, that's kind of where I found this sweet spot. And I honestly, living in Omaha, Nebraska, I didn't think anything like this existed. So I actually, I think it was on Instagram, I ran into um, other adventure wedding photographers that were kind of doing something that I really didn't know was an option. And it really inspired me to kind of take the leap and redirect my focus into this. Like I basically... Like, I didn't accept a whole lot of traditional photography work because I was putting so much of my focus into making this one area of photography that I was super passionate about, like, my thing, like, my expertise. And so 
um, really researching like trails, areas, regions, forecasts, learning things like avalanche preparedness, things like that, because uh, I don't want to, <laughs> but basically just trying to uh, stay prepared, informed, and educated in the different areas that I would need to in this particular avenue of photography. So it's, it's, I don't know, it's, it's, it's been a really, I would say that's kind of how those two worlds that I love so much kind of came together and got me to where I am now. Yeah, and I think that for most people, they want the step-by-step guide, and I know that, you know, probably if you would have taken the time to, like, list it, I'm always like that. It's like, if I would have just written this down, I would have had a better answer for that, but I think for the most part that, you know, when you have, when you're doing something, it's always going to be different for everyone, and it just Uh starts with doing something, just one thing, and I think for most photographers, it's just picking up the camera. I know that was, like, the first time. I got a camera for a trip and then I set it down for like over a year and then I picked it back up again. And that's kind of like how I've started getting back Mm -hmm. into it. But I think most people think that you have to be super educated and well-trained and have all these certifications. And I'm like, no, there's YouTube. YouTube is nice. (laughs) Like there's all these things that you can do. And I think um, everybody's path is going to be different, but I think Mm -hmm. that it works it doesn't there's no one way to get where you're going I guess so yeah no and like I I've tried to do like I feel like so many times we think that we need a roadmap roadmap to get to where we want to go but for something that I think is really easy for me to complete as a task as an adventure wedding photographer might be complete hell for someone else because we're all so different And so a lot of times trying to take the same path as someone else can lead you to a place where you get completely discouraged. And I think it's so important to kind of just really figure things. I wouldn't say like, don't, you don't need to be blindly figure things out, but kind of staying intuitive and like, that's where innovation and creativity is born. It's not from a roadmap. It's from kind of just staying in tune with who you are and what you want and what you enjoy and how you would run a business, I guess. That's kind of how I view it. And I think that's the perfect way to view it because there's not any one business that's ran the same and that's in the same industry ever. Yeah. Um, McDonald's and Burger King are a great, great example of that. <laughs> yeah. two, they, they sell the same things, but they're completely different. So, oh, yeah. um, but yeah so I think all this has been super helpful at least for me I'm like all inspired and like with my little notepad that I always do every time I do a podcast I'm like such a nerd like I I I didn't like school but now I'm like yes this is some really valuable information here like um but yeah so where can we find you on social media and online and all that stuff if people want to look you up and follow your journey and maybe become potential clients of yours down the road yeah yeah, uh, my website is marievanderpoolphotography.com. Um, I have two Instagrams. My photography uh, Instagram is marievanderpoolphoto. And then I actually have a personal account that I'm just started, and it's Adventures of Marie Vanderpool. Yay. So you guys can follow <laughs> all of the cool stuff that she's doing. Um We'll be sure to put all this up in the show notes so you guys don't get all lost and be like, what did she say? Um, but (laughs) we'll put everything in the notes 
Um, so if you want to go check Marie out with all of her uh, photography work and her adventures, um, you can do that. So thank you, Marie, for being with us on this episode. I think everybody learned a lot and will learn a lot when they hear this. So I appreciate yeah. you for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been great. And that's it. Thank you, Marie, for being on this podcast. Um, she has such a great story of overcoming the struggles of life and tragedy. Um, I thought it was really important for us to share this episode with you guys because um, I actually found Marie on another group called Girls of Travel on Facebook. Um, she posted about her story, and I it just really resonated with me because I have had some ups and downs in life too, kind of like hers. And um, I think that she has taken... Um, the best path that she possibly can with the cards that she was dealt back then. And she's still a great person. Um, she's friendly. She's happy. She's living her best life. And she didn't let um, those issues, their struggles, um, bring her back down. You know, sometimes it's easy to just be stuck where you are and just let it be. But um, Marie didn't do that. She started doing um, adventure photography and just kind of powering into it. And now she is living this amazing, incredible life. So um, this was more of an inspirational episode, and I know she gave some great tips, and we rambled on a little bit, um, but if you want to find her on social media and um, check out her photography business, we'll be adding those in the show notes below. Um, if you have any questions or any topics that you want to share or want us to share on the podcast, be sure to give us um, a shout out on Instagram. You can send us a direct message at uh, Gals in the Wild, or you can send us an email. Um, with a list of people that you think we should interview and add to our list of things um, to interview, people to interview. So we're really excited about that. You can send it at our email at galsinthewild at gmail.com. We have a few more people up for season one on the podcast that will be going up um, before the Christmas holidays, and we'll be taking a two-week break before we start again on January 10th. So if you miss us those two weeks, please let us know. Um, we are so happy that we've had such a great response about these um, episodes, and we can't wait to share the last two episodes before we uh, take a break for the holidays. So um, we will talk again soon, and I hope you guys have a great week. <laughs>